the thunder mutters. Poetry and Music Podcast presented by Becky Dello and Adam Horowitz. Episode 16. John Clare's The Shepherd's Calendar. February. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Thunder Mutters. I'm Adam Horowitz. And I'm Becky Tello. And we're back with episode 16 of The Thunder Mutters. This time it's February, again just in time for the month to end, with John Clare's Shepherd's Calendar and the thaw that he describes in that poem. Yes, which was quite apt at the beginning of February. Now we're nearing the end quite quickly. We can definitely feel that spring is on its way here certainly i know i i took some photos for us to put on social media for the thunder mutters of snowdrops there are also lots of daffodils but it didn't seem appropriate i need to save those till march <laughs> next week <laughs> and yeah we're, we're drawing rapidly to the close of the first year of the thunder mutters and the first mission statement we had which was to present the whole of john clare's shepherd's calendar and I have just in time for the end of this bought myself the uh, manuscript and published version of the Shepherd's Calendar edited by Tim Chilcott. And it's so much easier to read. And it's fascinating to see the manuscript edition, which is what we've been working from over the last year, against the published version, which is much shorter and heavily edited. I much prefer the manuscript edition because it keeps in all of Claire's dialect phrases and dialect spellings like dithering in January the opening word of the January poem is transposed to withering in the published version and dithering is a much nicer word I think. As usual our Kofi page is open for donations to help keep the podcast up and running www.kofi.com forward slash the thunder mutters that's k-o hyphen f-i and yes, the donations that you've given, for which we're immensely grateful over the last 11 months or so, have been uh, keeping the podcast ticking along nicely. So thank you so much for that. We also have definite plans to continue the Thunder Matters, and we will be announcing them next month. But back to February, before March arrives, tune choices this month. I'm struggling a bit now because... The themes of the poems are very similar month to month, the pastoral, rural, that sort of idea. And I've always tried to choose tunes which are related to those themes specifically mentioned in each month's poem. So I don't want to start repeating tunes. So instead, I'm just looking outside that now and choosing tunes still from his manuscript, but ones that just sound good. Well, I think they do. I hope you'll agree. So they're still put together by Claire in the manuscript, so we can assume Claire either played them or he hoped to learn these tunes. We start this month with Lovely Nancy, 
which was used as both a dance tune and a song melody. So uh, we don't know what Claire's use of it was. Then comes New Drops of Brandy, which appeared in print in 1805. And I know it as a dance tune. Um, I think from the format of it, it, it was probably a dance tune for Claire as well. Next is Female Drummer, which is the melody of a song. Um, the lyrics for this song are about a girl who dresses up as a man to join the army. All is well until a girl falls in love with him, her, and he confesses that he's actually a female. But she was such a good drummer and soldier that although her officer banished her from the army when he found out that she was a girl, she was awarded a bounty from the Queen. Anyway, she got married and she taught her husband to play the drum, so it all ended very well. Anyway, next is The Muses, also known as Three Meat. It's unclear which title Claire gave it. I can't tell. One source says one and one says the other. And I don't have access to the original manuscript to verify. But either way, Three Meat is a figure of a country dance step or of a country dance and the muses is the name of the tune which is used for that dance next is the irish girl again likely a song melody which actually does correlate with a reference in the poem because adam has placed it after what was the line you put it after adam it's about maids meeting in the street uh, as the spring begins to take cold i can't discover much about the next one stringer's hornpipe This could mean that it was unique to Claire, potentially even composed by him, but I'm I'm not convinced by that. It does appear in William Clarke's manuscript, which dates from the mid-19th century. So Clarke came from Feltwell in Norfolk, so it's possible the two musicians knew each other, but it's also possible that they just both got it from a printed tune book of that time. Next is Charlie Over the Water which appeared in print from at least 1842. It's a lovely jig and, again, takes the form of eight-bar repeated phrases. So the A part is two eight-bar phrases and then the B part is two eight-bar phrases, A-A-B-B, which strongly suggests it was used as a dance tune. And finally, I finish with one of Claire's unnamed hornpipes. There are several in the in the tune book. This is just And given that there are fewer correlations between tune and text, the placing of the tunes has been just to build slowly from the beginning slowness of Lovely Nancy up to a, a slightly brighter feel by the end of the poem and the month. As if we're slowly emerging out of the depths of winter into spring. Here's Becky playing Lovely Nancy.
The Shepherd's Calendar February The snow is gone from cottage tops, The thatch moss glows in brighter green, And eaves in quick succession drops Where grinning icicles have been. Pit-patting we a pleasant noise In tubs set by the cottage door, And ducks and geese where happy joys Douse in the yard-pond brimming o'er. The sun peeps through the window-pane Which children mark with laughing eye, And in the wet street steal again To tell each other spring is nigh. And as young hope the past recalls In playing groups will often draw, Building beside the sunny walls Their spring-play huts of sticks or straw. And oft in pleasure's dreams they hie, Round homesteads by the village side, Scratting the hedgerow mosses by, Where painted pooty-shells abide, Mistaking oft the ivy spray For leaves that come with budding spring, And wandering in their search for play, Why birds delay to build and sing. Milkmaid singing leaves her bed as glad as happy thoughts can be, while magpies chatter o'er her head as jocund in the change as she. Her cows around the closes stray, nor lingering wait the foddering boy, tossing the molehills in their play and staring round in frolic joy. Ploughmen go whistling to their toils and yoke again the rested plough. And mingling o'er the mellow soils, Boys' shouts and whips are noising now. The shepherd now is often seen By warm banks o'er his hook to bend, Or o'er a gate or stile to lean, Chattering to a passing friend. Odd hive-bees fancying winter o'er, And dreaming in their combs of spring, Creeps on the slab beside their door, And strokes its legs upon its wing. While wild ones half asleep are humming Round snowdrop bells a feeble note, And pigeons coo of summer coming, Picking their feathers on the coat.
barking dogs by lane and wood drive sheep afield from foddering ground, and Echo, in her summer mood, briskly mocks the cheery sound. The flocks, as from a prison broke, shake their wet fleeces in the sun, while following fast a misty smoke reeks from the moist grass as they run. No more behind his master's heels the dog creeps o'er his winter pace, but cocks his tail and o'er the fields runs many a wild and random chase, following in spite of chiding calls the startled cat in harmless glee, scaring her up the weed-green walls or mossy mottled apple tree. As crows from morning perches fly, he barks and follows them in vain. E'en larks will catch his nimble eye, and off he starts and barks again. With breathless haste and blinded guess, oft following where the hare hath gone, forgetting in his joy's excess his frolic puppy days are done. The gossips saunter in the sun, as at the spring from door to door of matters in the village done and secret newsings muttered o'er. Young girls, when they each other meet, will stand their tales of love to tell, while going on errands down the street or fetching water from the well. A calm of pleasure listens round, and almost whispers winter by, while fancy dreams of summer sounds and quiet rapture fills the eye. The sun beams on the hedges lie, the south wind murmurs summer soft, and maids hang out white cloths to dry around the eldern's skirted croft. Each barn's green thatch reeks in the sun, its mate the happy sparrow calls, and as nest-building's spring begun, peeps in the holes about the walls. The wren, a sunny-side the stack, with short tail ever on the strunt, cocked gadding up above his back, again for dancing gnats will hunt. The gladdened swine bolt from the sty, and round the yard in freedom run, or stretching in their slumbers lie beside the cottage in the sun. 
The young horse whinnies to its mate and sickens from the thresher's door, rubbing the straw-yard's banded gate, longing for freedom on the moor. Hens leave their roosts with cackling calls to see the barn door free from snow, and cocks fly up the mossy walls to clap their spangled wings and crow. About the steeple's sunny top the jackdaw flocks resemble spring, and in the stone-arched windows pop with summer noise and wanton wing. Small birds think their wants are o'er to see the snow hills fret again, and from the barn's chaff littered door betake them to the greening plain. The woodman's robin startles coy, nor longer at his elbow comes to peck with hunger's eager joy mong mossy stulps the littered crumbs. Neath hedge and walls that screen the wind, the gnats for play will flock together. And e'en poor flies odd hopes will find To venture in the mocking weather. From out their hidey-holes again With feeble pace they often creep Along the sun-warmed window-pane Like dreaming things that walk in sleep. The mavis thrush with wild delight Upon the orchard's dripping tree Mutters to see the day so bright Spring's scraps of young hope's poesy and oft dame stops her burring wheel to hear the robin's note once more, that tuttles while he pecks his meal from sweetbriar hips beside the door. The hedgehog, from its hollow root, sees the wood moss clear of snow, and hunts each hedge for fallen fruit, crab-hip and winter-bitten slow. And oft when checked by sudden fears, as shepherd-dog his haunt espies, he rolls up in a ball of spears, and all his barking rage defies. 
Thus nature of the spring will dream, while south winds thaw, but soon again frost breathes upon the stiffening stream and numbs it into ice. The plain soon wears its morning garb of white, and icicles that fret at noon will eke their icy tails at night beneath the chilly stars and moon. Nature soon sickens of her joys, and all is sad and dumb again, save merry shouts of sliding boys about the frozen furrowed plain. The foddering boy forgets his song, and silent goes with folded arms, and crudling shepherds bend along, crouching to the whizzing storms. So that was Becky playing us out of the poetry and music with Hornpipe. We hope you've enjoyed February and we look forward to preparing March for you, our very last episode of Claire. As usual, if you have enjoyed it, please do think about making a contribution on our Kofi page. That's www.kofi.com forward slash the thunder mutters. And if you would like to contribute a response to the work of John Clare, we're still open for contributions. We look forward to reading anything you'd like to send in. So get in touch with us at thethundermutters at gmail.com or at thundermutters on Twitter or on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you regardless. Any correspondence, we'd ha- be happy to read things out, even, even if it's just a letter. We'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, we are plotting what comes after Claire. And there's so much in the canon that comes after Claire, even if it is just fiddle player poets. Thanks for listening.